Arizona Cardinals, Red Sea, rise up, Los Angeles Rams, let's go Ramley, Seattle Seahawks, let's go 12, get loud, San Francisco 49ers, home of the faithful, It's time for Quest for the West. I got a little bit of a staggered schedule today, but you know what? That's a-okay. We got Sam back here from the He's Always Compete Seahawks, Seahawks podcast. Ugh. And uh, Evan's going to be joining me here in a little bit as well. Uh, but Sam, we didn't get to talk the last couple weeks, man. We, we didn't get to, to really go over what's been going on with your Seattle Seahawks. It's, it's been a few weeks. The Russ Wilson, Wilson, Wilson injury has been, you know, a shock to Seahawks fans has been... You know, not great necessarily for your team, but Geno Smith has been keeping this team competitive. He had a tough loss to the Saints uh, Monday Night Football last night, or the other night, a few nights ago, 13-10. Um, how, how is the Seahawks team adjusting to Geno Smith? And in your mind, is he doing enough for the Seahawks to be able to win some football games, or is the defense carrying the brunt of the work here? Well, in a couple of short answers, just and I'll kind of dive in after, A, Geno Smith has been fine. He's he's been okay. He's he's he's. I, I keep saying that he's done nothing wrong. He hasn't done anything like super right. He really hasn't done anything revolutionary. He hasn't really tested deep throws. That D, that DK deep throw was like the second deep throw he's thrown in like two weeks, which is <laughs> obviously something that's that's not that that's not really Seahawk offense, and that's kind of what you lose when you lose Russell Wilson. So Geno's been fine, True. and. B, I mean, this this team. The one thing I will say, they're like since Russell Wilson has gone out, they've become very gritty and very competitive, which is fun to see. They they kind of rally around each other and they and they really play tight and they and they play like they're you know really trying to win football games. You know, you can't really blame the defense, which I can usually do. You can't really blame the defense when they only hold the Saints to 13 points and your offense puts up 10, which which is why the Russell Wilson injury matters so much in the grand scheme of things. Because in my opinion, in my personal opinion, with if, with Russ in the last two weeks, we're 4-3 and three right now. I think we win both games if Russ plays because with in, in week uh, six with the Steelers, we're talking a game where... Russell Wilson would have had a couple opportunities to drive down and score and win the game. I think he probably would have had like three, if I'm correct. He would have had like three opportunities to drive down and win the game, which I mean, eventually Russ is going to hit on one of those because it's Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson is kind of known to do that kind of thing. You're not wrong. And, <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. And last week, or more specifically last night, Russ would have put up more than 10 points. It, it really hurts because I don't think this is, I really don't think that this is a bad football team. I don't think that we're playing bad games. It just it's just like it proves the thought of without Russell Wilson, the Seahawks are kind of nothing. They 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 kind of are that way because I mean it's it's been apparent that Russ's leadership has been lacking on the offensive side of the ball. 
it's like Geno Smith, he can command an offense, but it's been four years since he's had to commit an offense, True. which was for one game. So it kind of comes down to like, is Geno Smith, can Geno Smith, uh, the, kind of everybody was asking, will be able, will Geno Smith be able to lead the offense like Russ had before? And it's kind of become apparent that the simple answer is just kind of no. I think we should win this week with Gino or without Gino. Um, and that that's really all I have to say. I think that we need to win this game this week. The season isn't lost, but it's close. It's very close. It's hey, man. I, I got to tell you, 49ers fans feel like the season's already lost. There's a good chunk of the fan base that does after the 2-4 the and four start and how rough everything has been. So it's refreshing to hear a Seahawks fan who sees his team at 2-5, and five, knows they're a game out of the playoffs still, um, hearing them say, season's not lost yet, guys. It's not, it's not over yet. We still got an opportunity here. Um, is Russ supposed to be back this week? From what I'm hearing, Russ is ahead of, of recovery schedule, which... That's huge. Great. And... He apparently, like, after the after one week of having surgery, he was only supposed to bend his finger to, like, a 20 or, like, 30-degree angle, and he could apparently bend it to, like, a 75-degree angle, which is That's really big. promising to hear. So hopefully with the bye week, we can hopefully assume that Russ will be able to begin practicing again during the bye week as as long as he continues to uh, go up ahead of ahead of schedule. We can hope that Russ will be able to practice during the bye week, kind of get back into things. I mean, you've seen him do pregame warm-ups when he's not playing. And sure. so, you know, I would say that Russ is, as soon as he sees a glimpse of being able to play again, I imagine Russ will probably try to jump all over it. And, I mean, I mean, with Russell Wilson, this season can turn around because Russell Wilson just has that magic and he can really change this team. So I I think that I would say that Russ has a has a notable chance of playing versus Green Bay in Week Ten, which would obviously be major for the season. Absolutely. Um, how are you feeling about this team heading into Week Eight now with the Jaguars? Um, you know, you got yourself an afternoon game. Um, Jaguars are coming to you. That's not going to be an easy thing for Trevor Lawrence to have to play against your Seattle Seahawks at home in that stadium with the twelve in full force being loud making it hard for him to make audible calls. I mean, that was a disadvantage for you guys last year with COVID season, right? Not having that crowd there and that fan base that are really just kind of amp ramp up that intensity and make life just a living nightmare for quarterbacks. Um, no Russell Wilson. Jaguars have a lot of holes. Do you believe that Geno Smith and this team, you know, the run game and, and, and you know, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, the defense, your guys is secondary. Can they get this done against Jacksonville? Jacksonville does have some, some, competent wide receiver play it's everything else around them that's a little suspect and sometimes their uses of james robinson is a little suspect as well do you have faith that this team get this done get themselves a three and five get yourself into a needed buy uh, and get healthy because that's huge for you guys if you guys get to three and five and get out of this buy get out of your bye week you're going to get healthy at the right time playing teams that are going to be beating themselves up packers playing you know the cardinals coming up they got a little bit of a tough stretch and then they got to play you um, you know, the Cardinals have Green Bay, they have the 49ers, and they turn around and play you guys right after that as well. Um, you guys got yourself a nice stretch here. You guys could be getting healthy at the right time, but can they get it done this week? Can they stave off, you know, the the pending calls for time to turn the season off and turn it over and start developing for next year? Can they get it done this week? 
I, I, I made a joke on Twitter after the game last night, and I said, imagine if you told a Seahawks fan in the preseason that the Week 8 game versus Jacksonville w- might decide their season. Like, I would be like, are you crazy? It's not going to decide our season. We have Russell Wilson, and we're probably going to have won a good amount of games by then. We'll hopefully be in the playoffs. I would have shaken that off. But this is literally, like, kind of, like, really our playoff chances on the line. Unless if you expect Russ to win out or close to win out. So I would say that this is a big, big, big time game. And I will say the Seahawks are usually pretty good in big time games that are important. I like the matchup this week with Jacksonville because our run defense is very stout. You saw it last week, uh, last night with Kamara. Kamara was running up the middle and we had big man Al Woods and Puna Ford, who I adore. Uh, clogging up the middle. And I think Kamara maybe had like 30, 40 yards rushing. Now the receiving game was obviously a different story, but that's something that can be fixed. And uh, yeah, that's something that can be fixed, obviously. So run defense is good. I feel like the, our most ideal situation is that we force Trevor Lawrence to command the game in century link. That's our most okay. ideal scenario where we make Trevor Lawrence have to be like, okay, I have to do this in this environment, which will, which is obviously tough for any rookie quarterback. And I think it's like, I think I saw something that's like rookie quarterbacks, like really struggle in Seattle. And it's obviously something because, I mean, it's kind of the NFL comparison to like the big house in Michigan, where it's like 110,000 people yelling, except this time it's 70,000. It, it, but it feel it feels like way more than that, and that's that's yeah. Seattle Stadium, and it's it's designed to just feel like everything is on top of you, and you can't escape it, right? It's a it's a completely different experience than pretty much any other stadium in the league. Yeah, and it was kind of by accident, like they built something to cover fans from rain because they knew it rains a lot, and it turns out that it like bounces state bounces sound off of the roof and onto the field, and I guess it <laughs> creates this like crazy thing. I don't I don't know. I'm not I'm not like very well versed in that, obviously, but. I'm this not not much game. of an architecturist. Yeah, no, me, me neither. Yeah, yeah, this is a big game, big, big, big time game. Like I'm sure that this game for you guys this week is also a big game because we're talking oh. about maybe the Seahawks and the 49ers being far out of the playoff discussion by week eight. That's which nuts. Which is crazy. The Seahawks are currently the 15th best team in the NFC. Just ahead of the 0-7 Detroit Lions, which is uh, not somewhere where you really want to be right now. Um, No, it it really isn't. I don't think either either one of our teams is is in a position that I think either one of us thought before the season that this would be where it's at. Your guys has been more circumstance with uh, Russell Wilson's injury and that just the last three games really caputing any sort of momentum that you guys built off your big victory against San Francisco. Um, it really just kind of sucked. Wrong time, wrong situation. Uh, meanwhile, the, the Rams are doing the Rams thing with Matt Stafford, a thing that I think a lot of people expected their offense to be high-powered and for them to have a lot of success. And then the Cardinals have been the the surprise of the darlings of the NFL right now, um, really running away or trying to run away with the division. The Rams are tightly on their tails. Um, I don't want to say it's impossible for either one of our teams to catch the Arizona Cardinals because anything could happen. Teams could figure out what Arizona's doing, slow them down. The last few weeks, they've taken a little bit of a slowdown in terms of the offensive craziness and firepower, and teams have been able to stay a little bit more competitive. 
I mean, I'm going to write the Houston Texans game off, Texans game off as a, a one-off situation there because, well, it's the Houston freaking Texans and they're not very good at football right now and, and anything that involves a football. Um, but the Niners found a recipe for success against Kyler um, and slowing him down and keeping them to 17, 17 points. It's something that could be replicated by other teams in this league, something that Seattle is definitely going to be paying attention to. The Rams are definitely going to try and pay attention to as well. Um, so while it's not uh, out of the woods yet, uh, it's definitely not uh, the likely scenario. The likely scenario is that the Rams and the Cardinals are battling it out for the West. Um, does that surprise you that the the that the Cardinals are as far ahead right now and ahead of the curve um, this week, right? Seven weeks into the season at this point. It, it is very surprising to me, mainly because I'm very surprised at how well their defense has played this year. Like guys who were kind of just good players, young players, guys who hadn't really proved themselves yet have totally stepped up and turned themselves into legitimately good players for this defense. A couple guys that come to mind, Isaiah Simmons has taken many, many steps up from last year, a year that was kind of considered disappointing by everybody in the NFL from what they thought he was going to be. This year, he's been much better. He's been very quick, very versatile, making plays at that linebacker position. And on the offense, Chase Edmonds has been a steady running back for them, which I did not expect them to have and was really one of my main flaws about them, that their run game was weak. Their run game has been very strong with a breakout season from Chase Edmonds. I think the Cardinals have more than proven themselves at this point. This week, though, is another big game for them, playing Green Bay at home on primetime. Mm-hmm. That is, that's like, like, this is like the stage. Like, this is like, like the Cardinals coaches have to go in with a mindset. Like, let's, let's play and let's imagine like this is the NFC championship primetime versus a really good team in our home. This is a big game. Play it like it's like, like a big moment to see how your team reacts. And really that's, that's my main question about the Cardinals right now is where are they in the grand scheme of things and how much does experience potentially affect them in the long run of this season? That's really my main question about them at this point. I have really no more questions about their play. They've proven, they've proven everything to me. I think they have a very good pass game, very steady run game, very good pass rush, steady corners, good safeties. They have, they really have a good amount of everything and can really balance um, both sides out really well. So I'm very, uh, you know, surprised with how the Cardinals have played. And personally with the Rams, I mean, the Rams are, are ramming. They have a really uh, creative offense, as always. Matt Stafford is balling like he was expected to. Um, I mean, sure, they just barely beat the, Ly- the Lions this week. But, you know, um, still, you know, you know, Aaron Donald is Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey is Jalen Ramsey and... I mean, you know, they're they're going to be good either way as long as they have those guys kind of like how it's considered that, oh, the Seahawks will be good as long as Russell Wilson's playing, like uh, like like we're seeing now. So, you know, that's just kind of my thoughts on the division. Personally, I think it's a very much long shot for the Seahawks or Niners to compete in this division. Um, realistically, I see it as best case scenario for all four of these teams the rams and the cardinals are fighting for the top of the division and potentially the number one spot in the nfc and the seahawks and 49ers are probably fighting for one of those three wild card spots um 
realistically you'd think seven right i mean we both teams at this point the way the season gone both teams aren't making it in one team is going to have a shot too and they'll take that last spot in that in that playoffs that playoff picture that's what it's looking like and guess who plays week 18 it's the seahawks and the 49ers so uh oh boy comment on that (laughs) Yeah, we'll wait. We'll we'll uh, we'll wait till we get to that, right? We'll wait. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll wait till matters, we get there. It's either going to be like two, six, and ten teams that are playing each other, just trying to see, you know, oh, they're playing for pride. They're playing. For so we're playing for pride in a worse draft pick, right? That's that's yeah. <laughs> that that's could that and could then, be and, what it is, or or, or it could or be, be they're they're playing for the seventh seed in the wild card round, and whoever wins is in, whoever loses goes home. So yeah, very very interesting. Very interesting with how this NFC West has played out so far. The 49ers have seemed kind of disappointing on all on on, on most fronts. I would say, like I say that like their run game is a little I, bit worse than expected. The um, run game has taken a hit with Mostert again, man. It's most the 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 missing Raheem Mostert. I keep saying this. It is it, his speed is just different. It does something different with this offense, and Kyle uses him in a way that just makes it hard. Man, it makes it really hard for defenses to. Uh, to scheme for and prepare for, and he he changed his running style and was able to get a little bit more vertical as well and get downhill. So you couldn't just sit on the outside zones; you could run him inside, and uh, just not being without him is is difficult. Um, Jimmy is looking like maybe his peak was 2019, and if that's the case, right, and your ceiling was 2019, the coaching staff was betting on Jimmy Garoppolo taking another step, and you know maybe he was just getting into what you know maybe where his ceiling would be. Um, it's looking like that's not the case. Looking like it's the opposite, that maybe his peak was 2019 and uh, we've already seen the best version of Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, and if that's the case, then, uh, you know, some mistakes were definitely made in terms of where this guy is and what you thought he could be. Um, and they they took Dre, they, they made the draft pick in Trey knowing that he wasn't going to be ready this year um, and that he was a project and he was a guy that was going to be ready down the road. Um, and they were just hoping they were going to get more from Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, they had it. And, uh, you know, if he doesn't step up and play, uh, this could be a long year for San Francisco. That's for sure. Yeah. And for me, I think the Seahawks losing is more so that, you know, Russ getting hurt really sucks. Because, like I said, I think we're maybe 4-3 and three right now, if not 3-4. and Because I think with Russ, there's no doubt that we win last night. Russ would put up more than 10. Um... And so that really hurts just to know. But, you know, like we at least be, be three and four and maybe in a better spot, not the 15th best team in the NFC. So, you know, it's it, it's it's a shaky situation for both of our teams right now. Like it's really 100%. like and it's, it's especially shaky for the Seahawks because we don't even have a first round pick this year. So it's coming down to it's coming down to like, oh, if we suck, we don't even get our pick. So, like, what's the point? And that's kind of like that. And you know that that's Pete Carroll's mindset right now, or at least John Schneider's mindset of if we suck, we don't even get like an advantage from it. No. no. So, there's no, there's no positives, right? To, to either yeah. one of our teams. No, neither one of us has a first round pick this year. There's no positives to it. Oh, yeah, Here's I the good you news. We don't have a first round pick either. Oh, we wow. don't have one. We don't have one for the next two years, technically. Um, oh, boy, so, that is a... This so tough, tough spot to be in. It, it definitely is, man. And it limits your mobility as well to do other things. But look, the, the good news is, right, you have the Falcons sitting at 3-3, three and three, the Panthers at 3-4. and four. You have the Lions, who are 0-7 and, and really, really working towards that un, undefeated or def, completely defeated record. 
The Bears sitting at three and four, the Vikings at three and three, and the Washington football team and the Eagles at two and five. So the Niners are Niners are by no means out of this. Seahawks by no means out of this. You're really a game and a half back from that last spot. If you really look at it, you're two games back from the Saints, both you and the 49ers. So if the Saints struggle at any point during the season and start to take a little bit of a drop off, you could climb yourself back into it. The Cowboys right now are rolling at five and one, but you know they haven't really played a lot of conference games, division games. They've only really played the Giants. So once the uh, once they start playing the Washington Football Team and the Eagles. Conference games tend to do things to teams as well, and those are always tough matchups. So they could drop a couple, put themselves, and slide themselves right back into the conversation in the mix as well. A lot of things still open for discussion, and a lot of time left on the season for both of our teams, man. Uh, but look, Sam, I appreciate you taking the time to come on with me and just to talk a little bit about this. Let everyone know where they can find your stuff again. Uh, you guys can find me at the Always Compete Seahawks podcast, whether that is on wherever you get your podcasts or it's on YouTube. Go ahead and check it out. We do Seahawks content all the time. We will be releasing a Saints breakdown soon, so stay tuned for that. Man, it was a lot of fun. Thank you for joining me, man, and uh, we'll see you next week. I'll see you guys. You just heard it from Sam. We talked a little bit. Evan's going to be joining me here shortly. Uh, but let's let's real quick, while we were waiting for Evan to kind of hop on here and hop into the call, um, I kind of want to go over a few things with, with Seattle. I know Sam had mentioned a little bit ago here, a second ago, that the Niners and Seahawks play Week 18. Um, that's not accurate. I think he had meant to say that we're going to be playing right there in the middle of the season. Um, it looks like, from what I can gather here, 8... Uh, 10, 11, 12. It's week 13 that the 49ers and the Seahawks will be playing. They do have the Arizona Cardinals at the end of the season. That's their final week of the season game. They got themselves in actually a uh, little bit of a wish-wash schedule there at the end. I would say three out of their last five games are pretty simple for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, they got themselves the Houston Texans. Then they have the Rams and the Bears after that at home. Lions at home, Cardinals at home. So they got a nice four games, uh, three game stretch, a two game stretch at home. And then they end in Arizona, uh, in Glendale with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so they got themselves a little bit of a, of a tight spot there. And that last game of the season against Arizona definitely doesn't help them. Although if Arizona continues on the run that they're on, right, they could be sitting and watching and finding themselves in a position where the Cardinals are sitting there going, Hey, we had nothing to play for. Let's just make sure our guys are healthy. Um, and Seattle could get themselves a nice sneaky, easy win. I hope that's not the case. Um, San Francisco to end the season. Uh, I don't think they're as lucky there. You have the Rams, you have the Texans, you have the Titans, you have the Falcons, you have the Bengals. Um, so no, not not the same kind of stretch there at the end. Niners got a little bit tougher road there down the stretch. Um, and they got, I mean, it, the, the road's not easy for San Francisco. Don't, don't get me wrong by any means. Bears this week, uh, Cardinals after that, Rams. Uh, and then you have Jacksonville and you have the Vikings. Uh, and then you have Seattle. But by that point, you have a healthy Russell Wilson that's going to be involved in the mix with things. Uh, and so things are going to change. Things are going to change drastically and quickly for the San Francisco 49ers. Definitely a rough week. And uh, let's see uh, what Evan here has to say about everything that happened in week eight for both the 49ers, for the Seahawks, and for the Cardinals. Uh, let's get him in here. And just like magic, look at that. Evan's here with us now from the He's on Fire podcast. Uh, Evan, Sam had some interesting things to talk about. And before we get into anything Cardinals related and what happened with you guys in week eight and what's going on with the 49ers, he had some he had some things that he discussed with me a little bit with the Seattle Seahawks, and I want to get your take on this. Uh, Let's he go. Was talking, he was talking a little bit about Russ and maybe some of the reason why the, these these Seahawks have been losing these close games is the leadership or the lack thereof leadership-wise with the offense for the Seattle Seahawks and the impact Russ has. He also talked a little bit about the lack of big plays in the deep ball um, with Geno Smith out there. 
are you seeing that? Are you seeing those same sort of things there with the offense? Maybe that, the, maybe that not that they look lost, but that that leadership and that belief, right, that they can kind of overcome anything is kind of diminished right now because you don't have that rust magic back there. Superstars, and not only superstars, transcendent players, which I think a lot of people would put Russell Wilson potentially at that category. They have a way of completely elevating your team from a, a D or a C team all the way to an A team. We're not just talking about, you know, a C to a B or a B to an A. No, they can take the C team to an A team. And when you have a player that makes you believe special, special things happens, special things happen for your organization. And when you don't have that on the field and you see what, an, and I don't mean this in a rude way, an average NFL quarterback is like maybe even below average just your average everyday run-of-the-mill number two quarterback right unfortunately that's what Geno Smith is right now all of a sudden a lot of those things get exposed right so for me it's absolutely not there the belief is not there the big plays aren't there and they're missing that dude to do that extra special thing and it feels like they're always almost just waiting for it to happen <laughs> I, I agree with you there, man. Um, it really does feel like they're just missing that the, they're missing the the rust the rust edge. Um, you know, I, I was watching a little bit. Of the, I watched a little bit of the game back. I wasn't able to watch the full Monday night game, but I watched a little bit back, and it just felt it never. I never watched it. I know what the final score was, but even watching it, it I didn't have that moment where I was like, "Here it here it goes." Like this is they're just gonna nope. they're just gonna get this. They're gonna come out of this unscathed when they have no reason to come out of this unscathed. Um, you know, and I got to give them a credit and, and Sam gave them some credit too. We talked a little bit about the defense being a plus and stepping up when it needs to step up. Um, you know, it stepped up in the first half against the Rams and kept them in the game, even though, you know, Rams go off in that second half. Geno Smith did enough to keep that game close and makes a mistake late. Um, but the defense has done enough to keep them in games and has definitely stepped up and elevated for them despite Russell Wilson being out, which doesn't surprise me because you got a guy like Bobby Wagner over there and we've talked about Bobby Wagner and, and how well he's been playing this year and what he's been doing for that defense. Um, you know, you expect those type of things, right? When you have a star go down on offense and you're playing without some pieces offensively that you usually rely on, you expect, you know, your other playmakers around to step up in a big way. And Wagner and that defense has definitely been doing that. I mean, I love their defense and I hate Seattle. So that really says a lot coming from me, you guys. I love everything that Bobby Wagner gives. I, I can continue to give him praise week in and week out. And they're going to stay, keep you in games. They're going to stay in the game. You heard it today on a lot of radio shows. That's Pete Carroll's whole mantra. Keep the game close until the final drive or final quarter. We'll see what happens. I mean, there's the coins, a flip side of that, the other side of the coin where you're like, okay, but maybe you should start blowing some teams out sometimes. But if you have an average NFL team, which sometimes they kind of had recently, and you can keep a game close, things can happen and that's where the belief can also start coming in but yeah to answer your question the defense is absolutely killing it and if they had any type of run game they probably could have won this 100% i mean it, i think it was i think the stat was like 16 carries for like i think it was like 40 something yards it was like 2.4 yards a carry for oh man that's bad yeah that's that's not good it's like 2.5 yards a carry or something and, like that for and Rashad fans. Penny had 6 for 9 Oh my. Yeah, no, not a good run night. Not not a good run night. Now, granted, it wasn't pretty for Alvin Kamara on the other side of the football either, uh, but it was better. It, it was better and it was obviously enough to keep the sticks moving for, for the Saints and give them, you know, the opportunity to go down and kick the game winner. Um, 
Yeah, yes. I mean it's yeah, Seattle's now in, in the same the same boat as San Francisco, where you know you drop a, you drop a game this week that you you had an opportunity to win, you were already not in a great position, and now you're in an even worse position. Um, you know, luckily for both teams, the Niners have a very very a very very favorable matchup this week against a young rookie quarterback who's been struggling in Justin Fields. And Seattle's got themselves a young rookie quarterback who's struggling in Trevor Lawrence, who has to also come to Seattle and try and play there. Um, I don't want to be Trevor Lawrence this week having to go on the road into Seattle to play a football game. It's never fun. No, good luck. I'm actually picking up the Seattle defense this week in my in my main fantasy football league. Well, I have them, smart, you know, ready, smart ready to man. go. I, I am ready for that. I think this is going to be the game that they do win. Good luck, Trevor. Wish you the best of luck. Not not gonna be a, not gonna be a pretty sight. But how about that Lions Rams game this weekend? A lot of people this surprised. I know I was hoping for it too. I was I was hoping for it also, man. It was so close. It was oh so close. Uh, look, Stafford had himself a nice game, man. He completed sixty eight percent of his balls, three hundred and three hundred thirty four yards and three touchdowns. I think is what the number was. Post a one twenty five point nine QBR. Um, they got a slow start. They went off in that second quarter with two touchdowns. They put some points up late. Uh, but Jared Goff does enough, right? Enough to keep things close and starts making some turnovers late. Does Jared Goff-like things. Uh, did that surprise you at all? The Lions keeping it that close with the Rams? I, it didn't surprise me because the Lions, they seem to be doing this under Dan Campbell, man. He seems to have the formula almost tweaked and almost figured out with this group. Almost, just not quite. You know, this isn't hand grenades or horseshoes, so almost <laughs> no. doesn't matter. No. In Detroit, you know what? In Detroit, almost is sometimes good enough when you're in Detroit. So we've seen that from them week in and week out, and I'm just waiting for the time that they explode. They'll probably beat the Cardinals in week, I think, 13 or 14 randomly, right? <laughs> get They're due for that, a game. At, it's going to happen. Point, There's going to be a game. The Cardinals or whoever they play is going to miss that one tackle. That cornerback is going to fall over that one time for a wide open touchdown, and they are going to win. And DeAndre Swift is the truth. TJ Hawkinson is a good tight end. He is definitely one of the better tight ends. Jared Goff, definitely a serviceable quarterback. And maybe at one point they get pissed off and they, they win, and I thought it was going to be this game. I thought they were going to come in and, and blow them away, and the cards would be sitting pretty, but Matt Stafford does what Matt Stafford does. It's true. And McVay, man, every time they, they got to score late to kind of give them that little edge up, man, he you can see the intensity building on his face. Uh, he really wanted this one. You could tell Goff really wanted this one. Uh, Stafford, this was important to him as well. There was a lot of a lot of games like that this weekend, including your guys's Cardinals-Texans with D-Hop and J.J. Watt going up against their former team, right? Um, they got that safety early, and I was like, okay, okay, Texans, I see you. Um, then they get the, the ball back, and I'm sitting there going, Yo, if they could score some points right here, right here, right now, go for two, get themselves ten here early in this game, they could make they could make Arizona really fight this thing out for four quarters. You know, they put themselves in a better situation. You know, they're gonna try and throw the football a little bit more. And, nope. and they, silly they, they, Alex they, nope. for thinking that. Nope, nope. I mean, it, it quickly. Listen, it was one of those things where I'm sitting there going, I'm expecting the shoe, the other shoe to drop because we just watched the Colts All-22 film against the Texans the previous week sure. for our preview. And we watched that All-22, and I was sitting there going, oh, no, the Texans are in big trouble all season long. They are not a good football team. Um, and the Colts gave them every opportunity to stay and possibly win that football game. And I was like, oh, no, for the Texans. This is not good this week. 
and the start happened a little bit and i was like all right there's some promise here when's the, the other shoe gonna oh i was like oh the second quarter oh the whole quarter yeah the shoe's just dropping okay never mind they're, they're back yep. they're back the boys are back and there it was and it was just a typical cardinals game from there on out man pressure the quarterback you know, try to force him into, into a mistake, but ultimately get some tackles for losses, get some sacks, get a lot of quarterback hits on him. I mean, they had over five quarterback hits on him. And then mm-hmm. the Zach Ertz, beautiful pass. And I want to I wanna give you a stat here from that game, the Arizona receivers. Uh, okay. Zach Ertz, three for 66 in a touch. A.J. Green, three for 66. DeAndre Hopkins, seven for 53 in his touchdown. Christian Kirk, four for 50 in a touchdown. Every single week, not one player will break over 100 yards, maybe one or two weeks, but everyone is hovering around that 70 to 50, four plus players. It's scary. It's really, it's truly scary. This was the thing I I harped on last year with Kyler Murray. I felt at times, you know, I I, I said it last season, we were talking about Kyler Murray and I said, if Kyler Murray ever gets to a point where he gets comfortable enough in the system and comfortable enough as a quarterback, where he doesn't immediately turn to one guy as a safety blanket, you know, he can develop, he gets himself to a point where he's willing to extend with his play, extend with his feet, but not try and find the one guy, but trust the other guys around him to make plays as well. I said, I am going to hate the Arizona Cardinals. I will hate their offense. I'll hate everything that they're doing. I'll hate the fact that they sucked for two years, took Josh Rosen, and then were bold, bold and ballsy enough to go after Kyler Murray, despite having just drafted a quarterback. I was like, I'll, I'll absolutely hate it. He's slowly morphing into it before my very eyes, Evan, and I can't stand it. I cannot stand this guy escaping. I hate it. I hate it with a passion, man. I hate it so much because it's one of those things where it's like, I I know no matter how well your defense plays, you could play great for three and a half quarters. All it's going to take is one play for him to escape, scramble out of the pocket, find the right guy downfield, and put the ball in space and make a play that he has no business playing, and he can change the entire flow and outcome of a game. He has that kind of impact. It terrifies me as a 49ers fan. As a football a football enthusiast, I love it. As a 49ers fan, hate it. It's it's not even that. And then the guy that you're throwing it to, to is going to be one of five dynamic players that are, one, sure-handed, two, going to be bigger oh. than you, or three, going to be just downright faster than you in Rondale Moore and Christian Kirk. Yep. Yeah, it's frustrating. So, Christian Kirk had himself. Hey, Christian Kirk yeah. had himself a nice game too. It was it was nice to see him kind of. Uh, this this was one of the first games I felt felt this this year that he took that elevation step where he was getting separation consistently. I thought he was open a lot, and it felt like Kyler was looking his looking his way more than in weeks past. And it's just the way it opened up, and everybody wants to bash on Kyler for you know having to take seven, eight, nine step drops just to be able to see over the offensive line and whatnot. <laughs> but you know how many of those plays were up were right over the middle? There were so many of those plays that was wide open for everybody. So you know what? You're covering the outside. Cool. We're gonna go in the middle. You're you're covering that up now, and you're taking out Rondale Moore. Cool. We're gonna rush for 170 yards. James yeah. Connors and Chase Edmonds are just killing it as a one-two back right now. They are just killing it. 100%, man. 5.4 for Edmonds, 6.4 per carry for James Conner. Um, on top of Zach Ertz having himself, I mean, a welcome to Arizona, thank you for joining us uh, game. Three for 66 and a tutty. And, and a, it, the touchdown was incredible, man. It was a great catch over the middle. He extends, gets outside. And yeah, guys downfield blocking for him. He gets in the end zone. I saw that and was like, man... Y'all didn't need that. You didn't need that much help. You didn't need that much extra. Come on now, for real. 
Um, Zach Ertz definitely showing he's still got it, has an immediate impact for this team. And uh, yeah, now when you guys spread teams out even more, um, you're, you mm. can spread them out now with that tight end. Um, and it's it's just a problem. So it's many mismatches. There's so many mismatches across the board. Um, and I want to give give out two more stats on the offense for you. The Arizona Cardinals actually ranked 11th in passing yards per game. I thought they were a little bit higher, but guess where they are, where they're at rushing. Is it top five, third, they first? are number five in rushing. That's good, man. That's huge. And then you couple that with the number four defense in yards per game and number three in takeaways. A lot of that is a recipe for success, my friend. Massive amounts of success, man. That's 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 a uh, those those types of stats and numbers um, open up the door for Super Bowl run. It really does. Um, they just they got to continue this. I, no, I'm no, just no, I gotta no, we be don't say honest. That word. No, I I, I gotta be honest. <laughs> you you don't can say have it on your own honest. podcast when I'm not All here. Right, we, we, don't, we don't. There we We don't talk about the S word. <laughs> Fair enough, my guy. Fair enough. We won't talk about the S word. We won't do it. But you guys have a huge game this week. I mean, massive prime time. Oh, Sun, uh, but, Thursday okay. night. Yeah, but okay. But for, from your perspective, does it matter if Devonte Adams isn't there? I mean, it matters to an extent. It matters to an extent. Aaron Rodgers is still going to find guys. He's still going to find dudes. Like that's just what he does. L- um, Lazard is but, out too, by the way. Oh, Lazard is out also. Yeah, oh, I didn't know Lazard was out. Okay, well, I saw it literally know. about five minutes before I went on my other podcast. Ooh boy, um, not not boating well for the Packers. I mean, still got Tanyan. Obviously, you got uh, Aaron Jones. You got Randall Cobb. There is weapons there. It is just different, right? A hundred percent. I mean, Equinemius St. Brown now is going to be a guy who's going to have lots of run. Is that is that a name? Yeah. <laughs> is yep. that is he still Fan- a name on the alert. roster? Is that is that a have, name still on the roster? I think so. Do you, you don't have a, a a fantasy alert siren that you can put off in a sound effect? Do you? No, I, sh- I should. That, I should that, have one. one. I, sh- I should get one up. That would be great. Uh, get Chris it queued Blair up and ready to go. One. Amari Rogers. That that could be uh, Valdez Scantling, who's been a ghost, um, and Ju- Juwan Winfrey. So yeah, no, uh, actually, no Equinemius Saint Brown. He's not on the roster anymore. So oh. I mean, you're looking at you're looking at Amari Rogers, Mar- uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's Randall about Cobb. it. Randall Malik Cobb, Taylor. Malik Taylor. I, I'm wondering now if we're going to see a little bit more Kylan Hill this week, if they're going to operate him, the running back that they got um, out of Mississippi State, out of the slot a little bit more this week and get or him some opportunities. Or even more Aaron Jones in the slot too. Maybe try to go five out a little bit and spread him out. We'll see, see if Aaron Rodgers we'll can dissect it. Yeah, I mean, the run game is going to be huge for them though this week against you guys now. I mean, it's going to be massively important that they get that run game going. Um, so that way Aaron doesn't feel like, you know, you guys aren't able to just pin back and get after him all game long, because uh, if there's no run game and they're forced to, to throw, uh, you guys have a lot of edge rushing talent. You got a lot of big names there in the middle on the outside. And uh, you know, they still don't have a healthy Bakhtiari yet. They're still playing hurt. Um, if that could spell problems for this, this green Bay Packers O line, this could, you guys could turn listen, this thing into a route. Listen, if we stop the tight end, Robert Tanyan, and if we can stop Aaron Jones with two guys, Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon yep. Collins. And you know what? I'm going to throw in Jordan Hicks there too. There you go. There's three. Those three guys show up on defense. In theory, we should be able to win this, and they shouldn't score more than 17 points. In theory. I like it. I like it. It's always about the theory though, right? Sometimes Ex- theories don't always play out the way you want them to. They're 6-0 without him. 
without Devontae Adams. So the more I think I know, the more I know I don't know. Exactly. This is a it's a dangerous proposition for you guys. You guys are rolling hot right now. Uh, Packers really don't have anything to lose either at six and one with no Devonte. Uh, you know, Lafleur could scheme things up here pretty nice and maybe put them in a good position. Uh, the 49ers in the mean in the in meantime are going Ooh. to Chicago. You got yourself Justin Fields and this Bears, which are putting up only 16 points a game and 240 yards of offense um, so far. Uh, not not great. Not great for them. The only good news is for the Bears is that uh, the Niners secondary seems to uh, really love getting handsy. So maybe they implement the Carson Wentz strategy, drop back, and just throw the ball up for 50-50s and hope for the best. If you, guys, crazy, bro. if you guys lose this game, is it pretty much over for y'all? Uh, it, it, you, you have to think so. Ant and I have both said on the pod that if you lose this game, um, it's time for Trey. It's just it's time for Trey. Um, you're sitting at what two and five at that point. Yep. Things are nowhere near where you thought they were going to be. Um, Jimmy obviously is just not going to get it done. He's just not the guy. Um, you know, we we talked about this a little bit. Um, that's coming out and that came out a little bit earlier in today's episode. We talked about how there is a possibility that Jimmy peaked in 2019. That that was the best Jimmy Garoppolo was ever going to be. It was really hard to know that at the time. Because he was coming into his own, he gets a, his full first full season with Kyle Shanahan. Um, you know there was promise and and things in New England when he was there. He he looked fine there. He looks good at the start of his career in San Francisco. Then he has the 2019 season. You're like, man, this guy's just getting started. It's hard to think that that was going to be the best he would ever be. Mm-hmm. Like right, that mm-hmm. that was his peak. That he'd already hit it. Um, there was no signs to know that it was a risk either way. You rolled the dice with the guy, and uh, you know if he doesn't get it done this weekend. This is it. The Jimmy Garoppolo era in San Francisco should be officially done. And it should be Trey Lance's time. Um, you know, you, you just got to try and build. You're already two and five. What else do you have to lose? You really don't. And Jimmy Garoppolo will ride into the sunset probably like, I would say, in a Denver Broncos uniform. That seems like like the next place he would go. Denver's, um, I could see Denver. I could see... Um, if, uh, if the Panthers continue on their slide... I mean, there could be... Texans. There's still a trade... Texans as well. That, that's a possibility, especially if they don't want to deal Deshaun Watson, or if they decide to deal Deshaun Watson and don't end up with Tua. Right? If like Tua ends up like the, I saw the three team trade scenario where Tua ends up in Washington, I could see the Houston Texans turn around and being like, "Hey, we'll give you a third round pick and you give us Jimmy Garoppolo." I could see that. How the mighty have fallen. Um, I do, however. Can I give a prediction, or do you want to wait to give? No, 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 no. Go ahead. No, no. You go. You go. Go now. I do think you guys are going to win seventeen to fifteen. This is that's a, that's, this really is a that's, this is the perfect <laughs> game for you guys to do that. This is what you, you guys are built for. You're built for this type of game. Now, I don't know if you're going to have 14 and kick a field goal to win 17, or if they're going to miss a field goal to get 18 and then, you know, drop, drop back to 15. But I think it's going to be a last second field goal, but I don't know okay. which team 17, okay. 15. That's, that's fair. I've been, uh, I'm not going to give away my pick yet for, for the cutback crew, but I've, I've been leaning Maybe not something similar to that, but definitely a low-scoring affair for the 49ers. The offense right now just doesn't have it figured. It is just not figured out. It's not clicking. It's not fluid. Um, it's not consistent. Guys aren't executing. I mean, it, here's the thing. This is and this is what sold it for me on making the move to Trey. Um, we kept watching all 22 film, and I kept saying the reason why we watched that Cardinals game, and I said this is why Jimmy Garoppolo is your best option right now because the guys that Trey's missing right here on some of these sets and these formations, Jimmy's not going to miss those. 
And then we turn mm. around and watch some of the All-22 film against the Colts, and it's like, holy cow, Jimmy's missing him. If Jimmy's going to miss the wide-open guys when Kyle Shanahan schemes him open, you go you with the young yeah, you just go with the young guy. You, he can't miss. And we've seen people all week talking about different things. You know, all oh, the weather, all oh, this, all oh, that. The weather doesn't help you locate and diagnose defenses. It has no effect on your ability to read a defense and understand what's going on. It maybe has effect on your confidence on the type of throws you want to make. But the guys that he missed in the game, I'm talking Mohamed Sanu with nobody within like a 30-yard radius of him down the middle of the field for like what would have been a 60-yard touchdown. Kyle Juszczyk running wide open down the sideline with not a safety in sight anywhere. I mean, Jimmy could have let the ball hang in the air for 15 seconds and Kyle Juszczyk still catching it and getting into the end zone before someone touches him. Uh, and then Brandon Ayuk. Now, the Brandon Ayuk one is not 100% on him because Ross Dwelly absolutely whiffs on a block. And Ross Dwelly has gone from... Grant Cohn put him up on a pedestal and he's just as good as George Kittle and everyone should feel great about Ross Dwelly to he's now playing behind Charlie Warner. That's where we've gone with Ross Dwelly in two weeks. Ross Dwelly has went from tight end two and everyone should feel great about this guy behind George Kittle to he's not even playing snaps over Charlie Warner and Charlie Warner went from tight end three to tight end two like this. Uh, the tight end room in San Francisco Amazing. is in shambles. It's in shambles, dude. It's not great without George Kittle. I asked for it before the season. I asked for the 49ers to trade for Zach Ertz. I asked for this. We, we had an episode on it. This is something I wanted. Seeing him go to Arizona right now absolutely kills me. I wanted them to shore up the tight end room. They didn't do it, and it's biting us in the butt. I would be absolutely pissed if I was you. Imagine that offense with Kittle and Zach Ertz, plus a Debo Samuel, plus that takes how much pressure off of a Brandon Ayuk. You know, and the running especially game with him struggling, yeah. That would have been that would have been incredible. So I gotta ask you again, just because of my forks up Arizona State love, what's going on with Brandon Ayuk, man? So the good news is, from what we've seen so far, this past week was one of his better weeks in terms of route running. Now, was that because the weather was bad and the Colts corners are duty garbage? Possibly. <laughs> There's a possible the possible chance. Um, when he is schemed. When it's his turn in zone concepts against zone defenses, he's getting wide open, which I, I can't give Ayuk credit for all of that. A lot of that falls on Shanahan putting him in the right position, calling the right plays, getting the right scheme to draw attention so that Ayuk can sit open in the zone or break open in the zone. Um, man coverage, it's been a little hit or miss. This last week, it seemed like it was a little more consistent, especially in the second half of the football game. Um I think next week will be this week against Chicago is definitely going to be the ultimate sort of barometer for where his development is at in terms of his route running. And it's that defense if, if and it's, everything too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And just the corners yeah. back room, the, the pressure that's going to be coming on Jimmy Garoppolo this week. I mean, it's just, it's, this is going to be the ultimate test for IU in, in terms of, you know, are we going to be able to actually count on this guy the rest of the way? Or is this just going to be like this all season, right? It's up and down. You don't know what you're going to get. You don't know if he's going to get targeted. Um, I can tell you what though. Jimmy Garoppolo has got to do a better job. He's got to step up, man. Cause I mean, someone, someone has to be able to get this offense clicking at the right time. And it seems like one play every game kind of sets things in motion in a downward spiral for a little bit of time. Um, this last week against the Colts, it was the the throw on the sideline to Jamichael hasty. He makes a beautiful pass to Jamichael hasty on the sideline. Hasty falls, slips and falls. The ball falls incomplete. That ends the drive. And after that, it seemed like Jimmy was, kind of unwilling to pull the trigger on some throws. And I think he's thinking about the weather. What if this guy slips here and I throw a pick? You know, what if what if the ball yeah, slips yeah. out and I kind of overthrow or the ball doesn't go where I want it to? Um, you know, it just things like that start happening and you start getting in your own head and you start getting in your own space. Um, he's going to have no excuses this week. It's supposed to be sunny. 
supposed to be 54 supposed to be like 12 12 mile an hour winds it's like a it's like you're in santa clara but you're in chicago so uh jimmy garoppolo please please oh please get this done uh let's get to three and four let's feel a little bit better about where this football team is we're only a game out of playoffs i can't even believe i can say that right now we're a game out of the playoff picture the season's not lost 49ers fans though man whoo boy oh, I'd be season's done season's done according to 49ers fans it's over no, that's the most ridiculous thing. The whole point is to play your best football, basketball, baseball, whatever it is, at the end of every season. Uh, at the you, end. You, hold on a second. So you mean like the Giants when they beat the undefeated Patriots that year and they were the last the six seed in the wild card and went all the way? Kind of important to be hot at the right time. The 2009 Cardinals that went all the way to the Super Bowl, we were 8-8 eight eight that year. Or 9-7, and seven, something small. And then... Lightning in a pan. Larry Fitzgerald had his magic, and he he came of age to who he is. Dude, just win the next game. Figure out a way to win the next game, and then you just fight and claw your way back against the next one and so forth and so forth. Unfortunately, if you guys win and find that momentum, we travel to San Francisco for that game. Not cool. a time for the Cardinals that want to that wanna get them, but all of a sudden, from a 49ers perspective, you went on the road of this game. You go home feeling good. Let's get to four and four. And if you beat potentially an undefeated team, that changes your entire season. Oh, 100%. But, and you know, the, the Rams, the Rams at that point too are shaking, right? They're shaking in their boots because Sean McVay has had terrible luck against Kyle Shannon and the 49ers. The 49ers rip off two straight. Sean McVay's going, do we really have to right now? Can we postpone this? Just give us, give them a couple weeks. <laughs> Just give them a couple. Anything can happen, but. You know, now that I'm talking through it with you, I really think this is a must-win game for you guys. Like, this is a must-win, period. 100%. This, the season becomes almost, almost unbearable at this point for a 49ers fan if you lose on Halloween. You lose Sunday morning, Halloween day, um, 49ers fans are going to be, you know, drinking themselves into oblivion, you know, time to, time to fire. I mean, the calls this, for Sh Kyle Shanahan's head have, have already started, which is, is kind of crazy to me. This is a good time to bring up, I think it was three years ago when we played y'all on Halloween night, Thursday night football, Kenyon Drake's first game, and Remember. we lost that game. Yeah, we lost that game. But I was, you know, let's throw all the controllers against the windows and, and punch as many walls and break the drywall as we can. It was one of those games for us because that was it. You're right. The season is over. The season, you know who you are by the first weekend in November every single year. So this is it for you guys. 100% man it's big I mean this is the offense hasn't been able to find any momentum it hasn't been able to stay consistent um you know it's been it honestly it's been the exact opposite of what the Cardinals have been even even against us right when the Cardinals were struggling a little bit offensively things are going slow Kyler is getting a little confused with what the defense is showing him and and you know the Niners are able to get off the field on third downs which was huge for the 49ers because they haven't consistently been able to do it mm -hmm. It didn't matter, right? You guys found the rhythm when you needed to, and you had enough rhythm late in that game to put yourself, get yourself down the field, score points when you needed to, um, and, and you know, hold off, stave off and this this team led by five, a young rookie quarterback. Five fourth down stops definitely huge. helps that. Huge, I mean. absolutely huge. It changes the it will change the entire momentum of the game because even for the 49ers offense, even though they were moving the football. And they were getting themselves into right positive territory. Your guys' side of the mm -hmm. field, they were they were still weren't converting on every third down. They were getting themselves into fourth down. And when you get yourself that close on that many fourth downs and consistently come up short, it almost feels like what's the point? Are we we're never going to break this? We're never going to break this ceiling, this this wall that's in front of us, this brick wall. 
oh man, uh, it just becomes it becomes a burden, it becomes a hassle, it becomes a task that you don't want to do. Um, and yeah, yeah, kudos to you guys for that. But then just kudos to the Cardinals in general with everything they've done this season, man, because you guys right now are the cream of the crop in the NFC. You're the cream of the crop in the NFC West. Um, yes, the Rams are definitely up there as well. But the way you guys have played pretty much every single team in the in the NFC and not just on your schedule so far. I mean, what the closest game you guys have had is the San Francisco. Minnesota. Game, we got no, we lost Minnesota we got, as well. That's we right. That with Minnesota, they missed That's the field, true. but we lucked out. Let's not forget that. But we were still good enough to pull a game out and, you know, go down 20 and then come back. That's not easy to do in the NFL. No, it's it's not. And that's still early in the season, right? That was your guys' second game of the season. So game you two. guys were still yep. you guys were still at that point. You're coming off the high of that Titans game. Uh, you had every every reason to have a letdown game there against Minnesota, who was coming off of a tough loss as well in week one. Um, but no, you guys bounce back in that. You bounce back with a great second half performance. You dominate the Rams start to finish. You eat you don't eke one out, but you you outlast San Francisco. You make them try and make more play. plays than you guys. And uh, that wasn't the case. The Browns, you guys absolutely shellac. And then you do the same thing to the the Houston Texans, which I think everyone saw coming, but you're you're waiting, right? You're waiting before you were like, but yeah, the, we should do but that. But the good teams do that too. Like it's another right. test that you got to pass. The good teams have to always beat down on the bad teams. You saw the Patriots do it against the Jets with Tom Brady, however many years, but the good teams do that. You don't have a slip up game. You don't have a last second field goal. You beat them soundly work on the things you need to work on and move on to the next game it's just another test it's just a different kind of test yeah and and i'll tell you what you guys a lot of there's there's still a good chunk of people who think the cardinals oh you know i'm not i'm not sold on them i'm not sold on them yet. Them. You know, they, they beat the packers and we'll see you guys got yourself a, a, an amazing opportunity here on thursday to just put your stamp on what this team is and what oh. this season is and the opportunity you guys have in front of you um, I'm looking forward to this Thursday night game, man. It's it's going to be fireworks. I'm not going to make any predictions for my team. I'm not going to curse it and say the S word or do any of that. I mean, <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury came out and, you know, he was good to go that morning. And so he coached and didn't, you know, meet with the team or anything like that. But afterwards of the game, what I thought was interesting, he said he didn't even think he was going to be able to coach. So he just came in with, with a bare minimum type of playbook. He was already planning Green Bay. He's been planning Green Bay. He's ready to go against the Packers. Ooh. Everybody, everybody yesterday came out. Chase Edmonds, uh, JJ Watt, Justin James, excuse me. They all came out and they all said, like, you know, this is a big opportunity. This is our only, as of right now, without you know being flexed, our only opportunity to play on national television. Oh, you and guys will gonna, for sure get flexed. And we're, they everybody wants to take advantage of it. And it is, it is to date. Something will be flexed. I know we play on Christmas Day on NFL TV. I mean, that counts, but, you know, kind of doesn't count at the same time. Well, it looks, it looks like I'm, I'm looking right now, too. It looks like they've already may have flexed to you guys. Cardinals, Rams at Cardinals, December 13th. It looks like it's Monday night now. No way. Yeah, they flexed it. Did they flexed I it miss Monday that? Night. That's new. No, that's that's Beautiful. new because that wasn't there before. So yeah, that's been well, flexed to Monday night. So that and that that should be flexed to Monday night. That hundred percent should be flexed to Monday night. That's a Monday night football game. So before we get out of here, uh, do a quick recap. I don't think we need to talk about Rams and Texans, do we? No, it's it's it's. I mean, barring barring an absolute catastrophe from Sean McVay, this is. They're going to beat them either with the run game and Daryl Henderson going absolutely crazy or Stafford's throwing for 500 yards and five tutties. One of the two is happening. Yeah. 
Exactly. <laughs> and even if it's a close game, which I don't foresee it happening, I just think they're going to pull it out. Um, Seattle plays. Oh, I'm drawing a blank. We just talked about it. I don't Jacksonville. Have it the, Jack. Yep. That should easily be a W for them. If you guys can escape with a W and then if we can, all of a sudden, you know, the NFC West is coming back to be the best division. Unfortunately now due to, you know, injuries, some teams not living up to the hype where we thought they were, we've kind of come down in that AFC North with Cincinnati and Pittsburgh and Cleveland and Baltimore, they've really stepped up to be the class. Do you think the NFC West is the best division in football now, or is that currently? Ooh, you still think so. Tell me why I still think over, so. over so, Baltimore and the AFC North. And then tell me why. Yeah, I don't think Baltimore has played very consistently. I know they got the nice flashy sure. record, right? They, they've done some impressive things, but they have been up and down. It has been a roller coaster watching their football games it is almost hard to watch at times. They're one of those teams that I think as the season progresses, teams are going to get more and more comfortable against what they're having to do right now, which is run Lamar Jackson a lot. And you're going to start to see a shift in terms of how they play, stacking the box, spying who they choose to spy, making different guys spy, just mixing things up and making it really hard for Lamar Jackson and this this Ravens offense to have success long term. I'm also worried about Lamar Jackson's health this year, dude. He's running the football a lot. He's had more fumbles this year than he ever has. He's taken more shots than he ever has. Um, it's not a recipe for long term success. And I'm worried. I'm worried. You know, they're going to have to utilize him too much. And you may see something happen, even if it's just an ankle sprain. An ankle sprain for him is going to be devastating for his mobility um, and what he wants to do and how he how he has success right now. So I'm I'm concerned there. The the Browns seem like they're on a complete downward trajectory. Chubb, I know, is supposed to be back this week. Kareem Hunt still got a few more weeks. OBJ's dealing with stuff. Uh, you have Baker Mayfield dealing with the torn labrum, and the O line has not been doing a good job there for Cleveland. So no. Can you keep Baker upright? Can he stay healthy for on, the whole season? On runoff, run offense, yes, but keeping up Baker, no. No, I mean, I just, I just, I don't see it. Um, st- the Steelers have been, again, another team that's been up and down. They've been relying heavily on the defense uh, at times. And then there's games where the defense doesn't show up and the offense is able to rely on their abundance of talent there on the outside, but not having Juju hurts. Um, if Chase Claypool keeps dealing with the injury bug and he's been dealing with little nicks and stuff each and every week, uh, you know, it, it could get very difficult for the Pittsburgh Steelers down the stretch as well. Um, Big Ben is there's always a concern too with him. You know, is, is he going to be able to stay healthy? And their O line, that's another team. Their O line has not done a great job of keeping Ben upright and keeping him protected. Um, so, you know, that really just leaves Cincy, right? The Cincinnati Bengals have been another team. Like, besides you guys, they've been one of the big surprises in the NFL. This they're year, hot. they're hot. They're they're very hot right now. Um, we'll see. We'll see if that can continue. If it stays up to pace, I have to imagine at some point that someone's going to figure out that you just don't let Jamar Chase run verticals down the sideline one on one. You don't do that, and uh, you might have some success. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Um, Arizona Cardinals, though, I think anybody that doesn't think that they aren't the best team in the NFL needs to check the point differential. They're number one in plus oh, one hundred and eleven through bad. seven it's... weeks. It's so bad, dude. It's, it's so ridiculous. Bad. They're number five in rushing. They are number 11 in passing, which I thought was surprising again. Uh, number three in turnovers gained. They're plus eight. Mm. And they're, they're top five in yards giving up. So if you're not giving up yards and you're getting the ball, just that alone tells you how good you are. And then you can run out the clock with rushing. They're all stats that point the right way. And the Packers, you know, I wasn't 100% sold on them before. Their, pl- their plus-minus differential is only plus 22, and they're 6-1. Yeah, it's, 
There's six, six games by 22 points. The, 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 the other shoe you think at some point is going to drop with Green Bay. That's what it feels like. It really, truly does. Um, it, it's not, it's not, I'm not, I'm not there yet with Green Bay where I'm sitting there going, oh man, they're the, they're the class of the NFC. They're one of the, the three or four best teams. They might be the fifth or sixth best team in the league. They just have, uh, this had things going right now early in the season. They got their butts handed to them that week one game. They came out with a vengeance. Aaron Rodgers, you know, wanted to do Aaron Rodgers things. But games have been relatively close, and I think a lot of that falls on their defense, has a lot of holes. Yes, it does. And they're, they've given up 146 points. So, I mean, to round it up, Cardinals could potentially go 8-0, potentially 7-1. We expect the Rams to go 7-1. The 49ers-Bears game, that's going to be the real question mark of the NFC West, I think, this, this week, honestly. Are you, are you going to keep in it, or are you going to fall off? Don't say you don't got to give your don't don't give your. I'm I'm not gonna give my prediction. prediction yet. We'll, we'll save. No, I'll save no. it for the. I'll give you, save it for the game preview show. We'll save it for that. And, um, and then Seattle will go three and five probably, and they could come back and try to do something. If, if the, one if more Seattle, loss though, they might be done. Yeah, if Seattle doesn't doesn't pull that out, I, luckily for them, here's the only good news for Seattle: you have a buy after that. You're gonna get Russell Wilson back out. Imagine as well as Chris Carson. You're gonna get a lot of your pieces back healthy, heading now into. You're, the but second you're half two and, you're two and six and considering all the flack that the seattle media had to deal with with is russ going to be here is he going to get traded does russ even for, want to be there you know with all that only, going on two and here's six the only positive though man. here's the only positive right the only positive is is that you're sitting there with teams like uh with with teams i'm trying to find them right now with the vikings who are sitting at three and three they're the the team that's at the top yeah okay, their yeah. next their next three game their next four games Cowboys, Ravens, Chargers, Packers. Talk about a horrible schedule there. A absolutely horrible schedule. I mean, that's not a great thing to have to play but, coming off back to back to back to back to back. And then they uh, play San Francisco after that. Niners have them after that stretch. NFC West games. and But this is why the NFL rules and why the NFL is king, right? It's called parity. Yeah, you have to cross. have this. They're scheduling the way they do things like you have three or four extra games and you play somebody else in the other division or other conference at the same level. And it mm -hmm. creates that parody. We weren't as good. We weren't as good. So who do we play? We play the Browns. Who do you have to play? Oh, you got to play the Ravens. Like, right. There's a big difference in that. There's a huge difference in that. And the other thing too, I, I got to bring this up because this is another two teams that are again sitting there in that's in those spots there, Panthers and Falcons, they play each other this week. And then the Falcons turn around and play the Saints, turn around and play the Cowboys. So again, and we play the Panthers if, right after that. Yes, you guys play the Panthers right after that. So these are all teams that are right in the thick of the playoff hunt, right? They're all, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. in within a game or a game of each other that are either playing each other and have tough schedules here. The Niners have Ooh. a pretty light schedule this week. But, and then but you bro, have two tough games after that. Bro. If you lose this game or Seattle, I mean, if you guys lose this game, you lose the tiebreaker to Chicago too. And they're sitting at four and four. Like this 100%. is, a, this is a little bit bigger than I thought it was. So thank yeah. you for having me on again, man. And I appreciate it. <laughs> hey, it's a lot of fun, man. It always is. Let everyone know where they can find you. 
at Coach Evan B, personal Twitter, at He's on Fire Podcast on Twitter. Very active on there. Come on for the uh, really horrible, awful fun takes all at the same time. But at <laughs> He's on Fire Podcast on YouTube, please. And we can now be found on ASAPSportsNetwork.com, ASAP Sports Network. You can find them on YouTube, their own website, Twitter as well. Come soak in the content. And I'm always referring 49ers Cutback as well, too. So thank you. And we're always referring to He's on Fire podcast. We're referring your stuff, Matt. Evan, it's always a blast when you come on. It was nice to have Sam on as well. Hopefully next week the schedule's online and we get all three of us at the same time. And who it knows, maybe even, a, maybe even a Rams correspondent. Who knows? We're working on it. We're still working on it. Uh, man, it's a lot of fun. Cutback crew, we hope you enjoyed this. The Quest for the West, not so much heating up, but two teams definitely fighting for your life. We'll see you next week.